Welcome to Local Only Cantina. Mixing it up with Brandon and Cherie. Hello, everybody. We are back again. Thanks for joining us again on, for another day of some fun conversations, right? What's up, guys? We're back. <laughs> So today we actually have a special guest that we wanted to bring on. I know we've been talking a lot about our background and how it's influenced us on um, just sex in general and everything. <laughs> yeah, let's go right to it. Let's talk about sex. Yeah, so we I actually just wanted to bring on a friend that I just recently met. Her name is Aubrey Ray, and she is a sex coach. So she's actually, let me make sure I say this right. So she's actually a sex intimacy and pleasure coach. So I'm super excited about this because I don't think like if you come from the same background that Brian and I came from, you don't really get to understand that and get to have a I don't think it's positive just a, way. I don't think it's just people that come from the background we do. There's people that have all sorts of ideas about how things ought to be and everything like that. But I've always been one that's pretty staunch about this like and people can disagree with me all they want but fuck man if you don't have a good sex life marriage isn't going to be what it could or should be so definitely let's uh let's have a talk about that yeah so we're gonna bring aubrey on hello aubrey how are you hello hello doing quite well i'm excited (laughs) So tell us a little bit about you. How did you get started in this? And um, just maybe a little bit about your background. Yeah, yeah, sure. So a little brief history. Um, I grew up in Kansas, rural Kansas. Um, So maybe not the same background as you guys, but it's similar in terms of uh, no discussion around sex, (laughs) at least in our schools. I always felt pretty different too. I mean, I'm quite sensitive. I don't know if you've heard of the term a highly sensitive person before, but um, it's a real thing. Just people who are really observant and kind of sensitive to noises and lights, uh, social, physical stimuli, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so uh, back in the day though, they didn't have a word for that. So my mom was just like, why are you so weird? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and um I also uh, learned recently in the last few years the term empath, which very much describes who I am. I, I take on the emotions of other people, or I can, um, which is um, a really fun, cool gift. It's also kind of a blessing curse at the same time, because, you know, air yeah. it's not fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, as an adult now, you know, I've, I've learned, I'm still learning how to you know, have better control over my energy and how I can create spaces that are calming and relaxing. And that's why my boyfriend always makes fun of me for working in the dark. Um, But how did I, how did I get into sex coaching? You know, I've always been fascinated about the human body from a very Mm -hmm. young age. Um, And I think it's so interesting in our country that we, oftentimes you find that we're more comfortable just doing it as opposed to talking about it, talking about doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm sure you guys can, uh, you guys would agree with why that is a lot of cultural normative and some religious attributes um, that have attributed to just the words being stigmatized as dirty, right. Or bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, so, that's definitely how we grew up. I mean, it was really kind of something that was placed on women to take on that part of it, right? Like, we were the reasons why men had the feelings that they had, and they kind of put a lot of the blame on us. So definitely mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah, I'm so curious to learn about what sex education was like in the LDS community. <laughs> like, I'm just so fascinated by what what is that like, you know? Not not much, actually. Yeah, I know. They really just teach abstinence and they don't even actually really teach that. They just don't talk about it, really. Yeah. So, I mean, especially even where we live in Utah, 
in the schools, they that's all they teach is abstinence and they don't teach other options. You know, you don't really have another option and no parents really talk about it. So no kids here in this state are really going to get the sex education that they need. And, and the only discussion that they do have for the most part is that it's bad and it's wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. we've talked about this on a couple episodes so far is in the Mormon church, there are like three worst sins. One is denying God okay. to murder. And the third worst sin you could commit is having sex with somebody outside of wed wedlock. Oh, so wow. I always found it interesting. And those of you who have heard this, these episodes before, I'll say it again because it's new for her, but I've all, I've, I've always found this interesting where theory, if that makes sense, that I could beat somebody near nearly to death. And as long as they don't die, that's not as bad as if I were to like have sex <laughs> with somebody that I care and love that yeah. I'm not married to yet. Right. Like it's just such a weird, yeah. weird, yeah. strange thing, you know, where, but that's, but that's essentially how it's taught is, is bad, 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 bad. And then people, as soon as they say, I do, then yeah. they're just expect, they're just expected to be like, functional after that and yeah. it worked out okay for us i mean yeah. but there's some there's people that we know that had a really really hard time with that i mean like years and decades worth of yeah you know? i can imagine so yeah. a question did you so did you guys get married in within that uh organization we did so there's a temple that you get married in and okay only certain people can go into the temple. So you don't even really get to invite all the people that you love. Um, but it's kind of like a ceremony that's only for like sacred purposes. And then we were married in the temple. And then about 10 years after we were married in the temple, we kind of separated ourselves for different, for some certain reasons, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, so we're kind of on a new journey and I've always been one ever since we actually got married. I've had a lot of friends that reached out to me and said, and talked to me about sex. And I always wanted to teach a class on it because I felt really weird that I was the only woman in my group of friends that actually knew what an orgasm was or what it felt like or how to explain it, you know? And right. I, I just always felt so bad for these women that they aren't enjoying their marriage in that way, you know? Yeah. And it, and it's not like, you know, um, pitying them. So for, for, for example, um, similar to you, um, both in Kansas, I want to throw some like numbers at you real quick. So I had 47 people in my graduating class. Wow. And <laughs> I know I always get that reaction. Like, where did you live? <laughs> in the middle of nowhere is where I live. Um, it was great though. I mean, it's always going to be home, right? But uh, 47 people in my graduating class and about 30 of them were girls. We had a lot of girls in my grade. So of those girls, about eight of them, which is like 25, 26%, eight of them were pregnant during graduation with either their first child or their second child. Wow. And it was such a I mean, that's a large, that's a large percent, 25% of a graduating class. And it's not that, you know, if, if you feel like all you've wanted in life is to become a mother and that's your, your true, uh, you know, where you want to go, then absolutely go do that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I, I always wondered like, what if, uh, what if our sex education had been taught a little bit differently, you know, yeah. Where, where were those, where were those girls, where would they've gone? You know, plus, you know, I mean, when I was like 19, I was, I was like pretty much all about myself, you know, yeah. kind of like not polite to people sometimes, you know, like you're, just, you're still growing up. So I feel yeah. like it would be difficult to, to raise a child in those circumstances. So. Yeah. I mean, we actually have just talked about this in a few of our other episodes, but I mean, I had probably out of my church that I grew up in, out of the six girls that were my age, half of them ended up pregnant before going to college. And, mm -hmm. and I know 100% that it would be different had they been prepared for those dates that they went on, had they been talked to about sex and what happens. I mean, like we were talking before and I hadn't even like, I had saved myself for marriage. Right. So 
I didn't even know what a guy looked like naked until I was like almost getting married, right? And my yeah. roommate read a medical book and showed me because back then there wasn't the internet. This is what I'm about to see, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all the ones that she was showing me, it was a medical book, so they all had like STDs and stuff, right? And I'm just like kind of horrified looking at it, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. You're just seeing all, and it's like the worst version of each. Yeah. STI. They don't give you like the mild stuff in there. Uh, no, I can only imagine. Um, yeah, so we kind of done things a little bit different with our kids. Not a little bit, a lot different. Like we don't, I don't really believe in allowing other people to teach our children. Um, we have three kids. We have two that are in high school. Three. Well, allowing, they go to school and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we send them to school. I need them to have that social. Yeah, like, get, out of, get out of my house for a minute. Right? <laughs> But like no, morals we, and standards yeah. and stuff like that. Like part of the thing that we went through when we did stop, we did decide we didn't believe in the church was you're sort of taught that like, well, kids need this thing so they can learn these good things and learn the standards and morals and everything. And we just decided that we should be the ones that teach them that, right? Not right. someone else with their weird ideas. So yeah, we yeah. with our kids and as a result, they're super mature and they're really open with us and talk to us about everything. And I mean, there's some things that they talk so much about us. I'm like, Shree, that's, that's a you thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How in their high school ages? Uh, we, we have two high schoolers and one elementary age. So they're okay. all kind of at that age where they're learning all about it. And yeah. We talk about it whenever they have any questions, you know, like we're always like very open about talking about it. My grow the way that I grew up is we just never talked about it. Um, yeah. Like one of the things I like to say is like, I brought a boyfriend back from college and I was like folding my laundry in front of him. And my mom took me aside and was like, you should never fold your laundry in front of the boy, your boyfriend or somebody that you're not married to because you shouldn't see your underwear. And I'm like, but like, it's not on my body. Like it was just, yeah. Really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's really strict. Sounds very strict, which yeah. is like the opposite of how you want to feel when you're engaging in sexual activity with somebody. You don't want to feel strict and like in your box. You want to feel like free and flowy and, and sexy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, the only I honestly the reason why I think I was the, you know, one of the anomalies in my high school. And just in my town, really, right? Like rural Kansas, there's not like sex posters all over the city or anything. Um, it was my mom. My mom, she was very similar to, it sounds like to how you are, I'm sure she, she's very open. Um, when I had questions, she would uh, just answer them, like kind of like, yep, this is what happens. This is a vagina, this is a penis. You know, she would use all the words. She wouldn't call it like a cha-cha or anything, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's all, it's it's fine if, if that's what parents do, but I highly recommend not doing it. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, she was just and and you know, as a kid, right? As in most kids, I'm sure you could probably tell when your kids like feel uncomfortable about something or like there's something that they're not saying, you know. So my mom would do a good job of like, hey. Here's some condoms. And I'm like, what? Why? Oh, oh so embarrassing. And then I'll go in my room and be like, oh my God, thank God she just did that. <laughs> I love hearing that because it's kind of a crazy thing because we are raising our kids very different than the book than the way that we both grew up. And so yeah. I love hearing stuff like that because I'm like, am I just being a little too out there with the way that I'm teaching or is that going to be normal? <laughs> oh, kudos. Kudos for both of you for like totally taking a, a completely different approach with your children. I think that will, and I think honestly, just talking about it, right. That's the crux of America right now is like, we just don't talk about it. You know, well, when you make something taboo to the degree that it was for us, mm -hmm. it's got the reverse effect. It just makes people want to do shit more. Because yeah. They're curious. They wonder. It's like got that bad feeling and everything like that. When it's not so taboo, it's just another thing, right? You know, and it's just yeah. Just well, yeah, and you know, the, from a curiosity perspective, like, wouldn't you rather, or yeah, wouldn't you rather go into something 
with a curiousness of like, I'm safe while being curious <laughs> or I'm curious and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble. I don't know if I'm going to die. Like, you know, like all yeah. these different thoughts that kids have. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, I think it really does help with the way that you explore and the way that you discover, because it's important for, for young adults to do that on their own in a safe way though. Right. Yeah. So um, cool. All right. So what made you like completely go into doing this then? Was there, was there an experience or mm, what, what exactly, or maybe going down the roads of what exactly you do and like what couples like you've helped and. Yeah. Okay. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go down that road. Um, uh, well, let me answer the first question first of like, what was there an event? Um, there was like kind of an event. I will say, um, I've always been curious about sexuality ever since I could write, you know, but, uh, it was just a thought in the back of my head, like, oh, I'll just become a sex ed teacher when I retire. And that'll be fun because you get to make kids feel really awkward the older you are. <laughs> so, so I just kind of chalked it up to that. And then in 2020, when the height of COVID was happening, um, you know, that was kind of a crazy time for a lot of us. And I, I ended up um, going through a, a really difficult and painful separation from my, my ex-partner. Um, and it was my choice. Uh, you know, our relationship had weaved, sprinkled with uh, emotional abuse and verbal abuse. And so um, it was a hard decision because our lives are so entwined. We'd been together for seven years and we bought houses together. We had a dog together. All of our best friends were the same people. <laughs> so it was a quite an intertwined life. And um, when I decided to leave, I felt this feeling of just surge of like courage and confidence. And I, I kind of felt like I took my life back a little bit, which was really awesome. Um, I don't know if any of your listeners, you know, they've been in abusive relationships before, but when you get out of it, it feels you're like, you're a whole different person, you know? And yeah. so because of that, like, uh, momentum I had, I was like, all right, what else can I change in my life here? That's not going so well. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, definitely took time to like, take care of myself and, you know, heal. Uh, I had like a life coach I was working with really closely. And then, yeah, I was like, okay, well, like, let's see what else. My job is okay. It's not like I'm not having the most fun anymore. So, like, is there something I can change? And I thought, went back to the sexuality thing. Like, maybe there is something I can do in that. Like, why not? Why am I not doing that right now if it's something I want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just did some research. I found a school called Sex Coach University. I wonder what they teach, you know, pretty subtle. And um, it was a great school. It was awesome. I, I made a, um, a great community there of other sex coaches because I didn't even know that that was a profession that people could go into. Yeah. Um, so, so what I do now is it's kind of like, you know, other forms of like life coaching, except it all has to do with sex, intimacy, masturbation, orgasms, arousals all the fun stuff <laughs> and I talk about it all the time that's awesome um, yeah yeah but you know it's it's try to get you from where you are right now to where you want to be um yeah. basically in my niches i work with women in relationships um mostly women who want to stop faking their orgasms <laughs> i was one of those for a long time uh yeah. Or if they just don't really have the tools to communicate their sexual needs or desires with their partners, um, because none of us were taught really how to do that, you know. So, um, but yeah, that's my that's my niche, and that's kind of what I help help people do. I love that. I mean, that's one of the things that we've talked about with even some of our friends who have struggled in their relationships, and and I do feel like 
especially in the area that we are from, there's so many women who lack in that area, just exactly what you described. You know, they were never, I mean, masturbation was a big no-no for men and women in our religion. And so when you don't even know how to explore your own body, then how do you know how to enjoy it in the first place when you come together? Or to your partner what to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, masturbation is like the foundation of of all sex things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's really fun because you can do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about another person being there. Um, but yeah, totally agree with that. Masturbation is, and that's one of the kind of one of the methods, you know, of like helping women with. Okay, how, so how do you masturbate right now? So that's kind of where you start, and then going into um, okay, well, because a lot of people use toys, which I'm a huge proponent of toys and tools. I think they're wonderful. Um, but when it comes to just slowing down and really figuring out what your body, where your pleasurable sensations are, um, it helps to not use tools sometimes for that and really slow down and, and use your own fingers. Um, so I suggest that for a lot of women who want to learn about their own bodies. So do you work with a lot of women who have been told that they can't explore that and having to try and get past that? Or are they usually kind of already on the road to wanting that? Is that a roadblock that you ever run into? Um, Yeah, I would say it it is. Uh, It's kind of in a lot of different forms, right? Because um, in some cases it's like, a woman who has mostly dated men, but now she's getting older and she's like, you know, I kind of don't know if I want to date men anymore. I think I might want to date women, but I was told for a long time that that was a bad thing. You know, when she grew up, you know, that homosexuality was, was, was bad, was dangerous. So like, you know, that's an example of someone is not directly telling her you can't do this, but throughout her childhood, and what she learned about this particular t- modality of sexuality, someone told her she couldn't do that, <laughs> you know, and yeah. now she's going to unlearn it years later that uh, you can do that if you choose to. Um, you just maybe some of your friends might not agree with what you're doing. And that's something you have to deal with if, you, you know, if you choose to be public with your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you do, uh, um, we kind of discussed a little bit beforehand about um, kind of what are some of the things that you recommend for couples like to keep their spark life and keep that romantic part in their relationship? Yeah. Oh, what a, this is such a fun topic. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I think the first and first thing that I would say we've been talking about this whole time is communication, right? Um, I, th- I like dirty talk. That sounds a little sexier than communication, you know, <laughs> um, but, um, talking about what you like, talking about what you don't like, talking about what you're scared of, talking about what you want to experiment with, right? Um, if you're at a place in your relationship where there's enough trust and comfortability, you could also talk about like, your fantasies maybe, or like what erotic media um, you enjoy. There's just, there's so much to talk about (laughs) when you really think about it so much. And being in the field that I am, my partner, you know, he's like my biggest cheerleader. Um, I just love him so much. And it takes every ounce in me not to get my notepad out and my pen right after sex and be like, okay, so when I was playing, <laughs> what, what were you thinking? Like, was that cool? No. <laughs> like, like, it totally ruins the mood. So I have to wait you know, like 24 hours. Um, so, so yeah, I suggest, you know, communication is huge. Maybe not when you're doing the deed or right after, but like maybe when you're cooking dinner or a place that's relaxing for both of you. Like maybe when you're cuddling um, before bed, like pillow talk, um, or maybe if you're at a park with your dog and that's really relaxing for you both. The, the key word is relaxing environment for both of you. Um, Cause if one of you stressed out, you're not gonna feel really confident or comfortable talking about something that you're already uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so yeah, I would definitely say communicate as much as you can with what you like and what you don't like. Um, and just as another little side note, there's a, um, it's kind of corny, but, um, some couples they'll, they'll like kind of create like a container, an invisible container. So it's like, okay, for the next five minutes, this is going to be really uncomfortable for both of us because we've never done this before, but we're going to just talk about what we liked about our sex and what we didn't like about it. And then we're going to stop talking about it and we're going to go back to what we were doing. You know, just kind of create like a nice container so that you both can like jump into it and be like, all right, this is what we're doing. Let's figure this out. And then when it's done, you just get right back out of it and then you don't have to be uncomfortable anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just take it one step at a time. Yeah, I get, I like that because we actually we watch the show sometimes at night where they when this couple in it gets in a fight, they know that they need to still have that love for each other when they argue. Right. So they do a pause. They'll like pause in the middle of an argument and be like, I love you. You know, like they make sure the love is still there throughout the argument. They usually pause and have sex. <laughs> yeah. That's what they usually do. <laughs> But I mean, I think it's a great way for you to like say, hey, like we need to just take a breather and this is a moment and then you can go back. So I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. And there's a lot of games out there like, um, oh, oh, I don't have it in my office with me, but there's one it's called Let's Get Deep, I think. Um, actually, one of my friends gave it to me. And it's like these little cards that you you and your partner can use or partners, if you have more than one, um, that you can use to kind of get to know each other. So it's like gives you the prompt questions already. So it's kind of nice. You don't have to do all the work with figuring out what question you want to ask. You know, just anything to make it as easy as possible. I suggest doing it because why why goes why do the most challenging, you know, type of communication style just do something easy and then you work your way up to challenging stuff right um another thing i suggest and this is uh maybe controversial for some people but i say follow your fantasies um i'm actually reading a book right now around fantasies and they are so fascinating to me because they don't really mean anything or tell us anything about ourselves but then at the same time, they like mean everything and they tell us everything about ourselves. <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. It's um, they're so interesting. So what do you mean? Uh, by exactly. So like, for example, um, there are very uh, common uh, fantasies. So in this book, this guy did, um, he interviewed, I think about 4,500 people ranging from like 18 to like 75. And, um, men and women, all types of um, gender and sexual orientations as well. And there was about 4% of women who never thought of a BDSM bondage and discipline, um, sadomasochism um, type of fantasy. So it's a very small percent, like 96% of women have had some type of fantasy around that. And 93% of men have had some type of fantasy around that. So it's just kind of fascinating because BDSM is this, and like kink is like this, uh, you know, taboo, kind of stigmatized, like mm, only weirdos do that, you know. Yeah. But but everybody was thinking about it, you know. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I actually so, read a, a study. I mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no. you. I just I actually read a study somewhat like that too where they had – they took women, straight women, gay women, bisexual. They took gay men, straight men, and they hooked them up to monitors. They measured blood flow and stuff like that. And they showed them videos or images or pictures and stuff like that. And they asked them ver verbally if that was something that they were responding to, right? And what they found was that, like, straight men, for the most part, were like, they were only... Like they would say they'd watch like straight porn and they'd be like, yeah, I'm into that. They'd watch gay porn. Yeah, I'm not into that. And the blood flow and everything pr pretty much confirmed that actually that was true, right? Women, though, they showed them BDSM. They showed them gay, they, uh, lesbian porn. They showed them straight porn. They showed, showed them all the things and asked them. And they would say that they were only into like one thing for the most part. Their bodies, however, 
told the truth that they were actually into a whole lot more than they admitted to right you know mm-hmm. they were not only into the straight but they were into the lesbian they were into you know bdsm and stuff like that yeah but most of them were not willing to or maybe not will, willing but they just didn't verbally say yeah. oh yeah because it's taboo it's wrong they're not supposed to be who knows what the actual reason was but it showed that what they said they were into did not exactly match what their body was actually into. Was responding to. Cool. Yeah. That was a very interesting yeah. Um, study. Yeah, I would love to. Was it like a, a, a video that you? Could I don't watch? remember. It's been a long time since I. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say I want to check that out. Yeah. Um, well, there is another thing called um, non-concordance, which uh, <laughs> just to make things more confusing. Um, it's basically like um, if you're seeing something that is sexually relevant, then your body, like for example, if I were to see something that is sexually relevant, but I'm not turned on at all, I still might get a little wet in my panties, mm-hmm. even though I'm not turned on really by that at all. It's sexually relevant, you know? So yeah. there is a thing called that, yeah. which um, is really also really fascinating. But but yeah, um, fantasies I think are just so, um, fascinating things and um and they're kind of like these things that you're always safe in you know like you could be traveling to these crazy gangbangs or you know (laughs) rape fantasies or whatever it is maybe you want to be tied up in the middle of town square and have like a cow like squirt its milk on you i I don't know (laughs) whatever it is you're into totally cool um the fact is is that it's happening in your head so It's all good. It's in your head, man. Um, Now, some people want to make their fantasies become reality. And there's also difficulty sometimes with figuring out, do I want this to be real or do I want this to just stay in my head? You know, have you guys ever? Yeah. Right. And so when I say following your fantasies, I think they can just be super informative as to things that you desire and things that you don't. like this recently just happened to me. There was a new toy that I got in the mail. And I, so I started using it and I've always seen other people use this in uh, erotic media, but I was like, I don't know if I would like to use that myself. So I just figured I would try it to see if I liked it. Turns out I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) I would have never known that unless I just kind of followed my fantasy and went with it, you know? Yeah. And even if it doesn't work out the way that you want it to or the way that you had it in your head, it's very, it's full of information for you. Cause maybe, maybe that whole scene that you had in your head, you didn't really like any of it except for being blindfolded. That was cool. So now maybe let's just take that part of it. And now I'm going to go blindfold myself in another time, you know? So it's, it always gives you a lot of information. I think our fantasies. Yeah, I think that's actually a really cool way to look at it because you may like certain aspects of your fantasy, but when it comes to reality, they might not exactly play along with what you actually want. Well, like the super extreme of that that you mentioned would be like the rape fantasy. That's a very normal fantasy for women to have. Nobody actually wants to be raped, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of women. That's not what that means. Yeah. You could. Yeah that and play around behind closed doors with aspects of that for sure yeah exactly because maybe you try something and you realize how awesome it is you know um from what i have researched and you know um, listened to interviews around people who are um who participate in the bdsm culture um it's it's not what you might think it would be you know like years ago i was like I had a pretty narrow-minded view of what, you know, what a person who would, who would want nipple clamps hooked up to them or electric shocks. You know, I I had a a very narrow view of what that person might be like. Um, And as I matured and as I researched and um, verified my assumptions, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they were. They were just assumptions. So when I verified that my assumptions were, they were incorrect. And there's tons of people who who enjoy these, you know, sensation plays or maybe taking one of the senses away or something. 
that enhances your pleasure tremendously. It's kind of like um, I, I read this in the in the book I'm reading. It's called. Um, come on. It's called Tell Me What You Want. Uh, Science of Sexual Desire and How It Can Help You Improve Your Sex Life. It's sweet. Um, but in it, it's kind of like um, if you were to come inside from like a wintry day, how your hot chocolate has like an intense hotness to it, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to if you were just coming in from like a regular day. That's what happens when you when you create different sensations on your body, right? So with a person who, let's say, is into pain play, right? They, they enjoy being spanked really hard or something like that, or maybe using like a whip. They're, they invoke this pain. So that way, when someone touches them really lightly later, their sensation is completely enhanced because they just went through all this kind of painful sensations. Does that make sense? Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I just kind of went down like a BDSM rabbit. Yeah. What's funny about that, and I've thought about that before, is as I've gotten older and I know more people and we've had more conversations, we have more friends and friends that do different things and everything, like you go from that assumption, like what this person might be like that's into these things, eventually you sort of just realize that the soccer mom next door might be a total freak behind closed doors, right? And she might like all those things or the dude that lives over there that just looks like the normal church going whoever right like people mm -hmm. like your assumptions mean nothing right because people still have that desire for pleasure yeah. and just because they may not look a certain way doesn't mean you can understand who they are or what they are and it doesn't mean those things are like bad either though right you know like people have this feeling that oh well i'm into being spanked and i shouldn't be into being in spanked. Yeah. Like, feel a certain way makes them feel uncomfortable comfortable they're never willing to explore those things that they actually might be into and might actually improve things right but yeah yeah makes sense but, very well no well yeah. said and yeah. that's why i think talking about it is so important like talking about all these different things that people can and do in while they're in their sexual sexy times you know like what do people do and you don't even have to know why they do it, it doesn't really matter it's that, that people do it and it's a totally normal thing right yeah. What do you usually recommend to people who might have a partner who's closed off to having these conversations, you know, and what, I mean, is that something that you say, okay, stay with their comfort zone or do you have different techniques that you give couples to be able to start those conversations? I mean, you talked about the invisible box thing and I think that's great, but I just yeah. wondering if there's a little bit more to that because I know a lot of the people that, listen to our podcast come from our background because mm -hmm. we are talking a lot more about how it affected us in our relationship. And yeah. I think that that's something that a lot of them don't know how to have that conversation about. And what if the other one person wants to have that conversation, but not the other person, like I don't yeah. know if you have those techniques or anything. Um, well, I'm, so one thing that came to mind, I'm curious around how, how you guys talk about it. <laughs> one, I'm super <laughs> curious about that. Um, but, um, yeah, when you're in a partnership, um, there's, there's two, there's two sides, right? There's two people that need to come together to make things work. And if one person doesn't want those things, then you have to respect their choices, right? Everything that is, um, done in our lives, hopefully, is consensual, right? Not just sex, but all, all kinds of other things. And so um, if someone's having a really difficult day, and they're like, hey, I just can't give you attention right now for this conversation, then I, I think it's to respect that. But um, most most people, from what, from what I have experienced, most people are willing to have the conversation like they're open to it. They mm -hmm. just are so nervous about it or so uncomfortable with it that that's what veers them away from having it, you know? Um, it's just the, the level of discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's, so I'm a, 
I'm a guy, I deal mostly with like, I hang out with dudes most of the time, you know, and um, conversations with guys most of the time. And you hear a lot about, I hear, <laughs> I've heard a lot about like, oh, well, she won't do this. She's sexually cold. She's this or that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm always like this, like, well, I think the discussion, the communication and stuff is good. So we do communicate, we do discuss it, but for all the guys out there listening, that does not mean this. And you can correct me if you th think I'm wrong, but I, but I don't think I'm wrong. Right? Like, you don't be like, Hey, um, how do you feel about if we have sex to, to, to tonight? It's been a few weeks, right? Like that's not sexy, right? Like <laughs> guys, guys don't know how to like seduce. They don't like, it's a skill set that a lot of guys don't have, right? Like I'm sure you know who Esther per 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 Perel is, right? She yeah. says foreplay begins like 60 seconds after the last or or orgasm, right? Like foreplay lasts all day, right? It has to do with text you're sending back and forth all day, you know, when she walks down the hall and I smack her ass, right? Because <laughs> it's cute, right? Um it's not just like cold, 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 and then hey baby, uh, how about we uh, do do it, right? Like girls in general i believe just sort of want their guy to like get it right they don't want to have to explain it for the most part it's good to have those talks but the guy's got to know that he's got to just get it to some degree right mm -hmm. so seduction i think a lot of guys just don't don't understand that they don't know how to do that right yeah um, i've heard people say before like you know, if he would just do it, I would like be into it. But he asks me about this before and then I'm not into it now. Right. It like kills the drive. Right. So um, my the discussions I have with guys most of the time, you know, when we do discuss this is like, no, you just got to do the thing because like guys are the aggressors for the most part. Girls are responsive to that, you know, and we don't necessarily like talk about all the time what like she likes. But I'm, I'm, I've become very good at like reading her body, emotions, sounds, look on her face, all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so I intentionally approach it in that way. Um, but it's not right. just like being cold all day for several days in a row and then like, can we please have sex, right? <laughs> like that's not sexy, right? So yeah, yeah. Well, and so. Um... So some of the things you said there, I definitely agree with. And, and you guys have also, you know, known each other for 19 years, been together for a long time. So I'm very happy to, that you're telling me that you can read her body and everything after that long, you know, that's great. Um, but not everybody um, can do that. Not everybody has the skills. Practice. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. You do practice. Um, not everybody can, can read um, body language or read whatever. I think though, is. like back to like the, where we came from in the Mormon church and I'm sure other churches are the same, same, same way because it was so bad for so long. Then all of a sudden it's this thing, but it's actually only taught to be made like for pro creation. No, okay. no one's ever taught these guys how to be like sexy like that. Right. How to seduce. Yeah. Right? Or that there's pleasure in this thing. Yeah or to pleasure her like that that's a need be right like i used to work with a bunch of dudes that they were just a bunch of sex starved guys and they were very re re religious when they would come to work and one of them had a smile on their face people knew they finally got some from their <laughs> wife right and i was like dude if you make sure she comes twice for your every one <laughs> you're never gonna have to starve right like you got to do your part, right? And I just, uh, you know, guys didn't understand that. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, um, I I definitely think that, you know, when you're with a partner that you've been with for a while, and if your typical way of, because some, you know, with some, I'm trying to be inclusive of, of all kinds of couples, right? People that have kids, right? Sometimes they don't have the energy to, to be all seductive and stuff. They're just like, okay, the kids are asleep for the next five minutes. Let's do it. Real quick. <laughs> no, whatever it is. No, no. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think having an element of seduction is nice, both on, for women and men too. You know, um, one of the, one of the things you mentioned was that men can be 
I think you said aggressors and women are the responsive. That might not be the right term, right I word, said, but yeah, like. Yeah, right. And, and honestly, I mean, um, it's hard to say because there's not a lot of research done on women's pleasure and desire, but well, there, there's I, more and more. But women are are pretty horny sometimes what too. I mean by it, like, is, is more like this though, right? So like I've had multiple discussions with multiple guys. We're like, we've been married for 10 years and she's initiated sex twice. And I'm like, well, that's not what she does. Mm. She's going to be responsive to your movements and your actions, right? I know women women want sex as much as guys do, but yeah. also like I think that's a normal thing where there's these guys that are just expecting her to like walk in the room and lingerie and jump his bones, right? And that's not yeah. the way it goes 99% of the time. It's yeah. nice when it does occur. <laughs> yeah. Something I learned in a training recently, or that was told to me in a training recently, was when we are when we have a feeling of disappointment or dissatisfaction or you know frustration it's usually because there is an expectation that wasn't met yep. and sometimes it's an expectation that you have shared and sometimes it's just an expectation that you created in the in your head when you didn't tell anybody about mm -hmm. or sometimes it's an expectation you didn't even know that you had because it's so automatic you mm -hmm. know um, so I find that to be very helpful with couples who feel like they're disappointed or they feel like they're not getting enough sex or they feel like they don't have time for sex. So they, they've gone into like a sexless relationship is okay. Well, what are these underlying expectations that you have both of you? And then how have those expectations been communicated or not been communicated? Um, because if they haven't been communicated, then how in the world do you expect the other person to know what to do? Yeah. You know? And I think like kind of going along with what he's saying, um, like I have a friend who tells me that her her husband does say or does ask, right? He's like, can we have sex tonight? Like he's constantly asking her and she's like, she tells me, she's like, I just want him to start seducing me, you know, kind of like, and that's what he's kind of mean by being the aggressor. Yeah. Like, he starts seducing me. Like he knows there's certain things that, get me in the mood even when i'm possibly might not be like right in the mood right when yeah. they come together right yeah it's a little bit easier for men to be in the mood because just the guys makeup guys right? in the mood all day every day we go to sleep in the mood we wake up in the mood it's just the way it goes like, for, for like my friend i mean she just wanted to be able to have that happen you know because like in the fantasy world, like as women, I don't think there's, I think there's a difference between like that first interaction or like maybe you're taking it to the next level and you're saying, okay, let's have a conversation about what my needs are and what your needs are. But like, just to like what he was saying is like having that seducing part, you know, and wanting to be, be the person that will turn on your partner, right? Like if you come yeah. to bed and you're like, we just fought like a half an hour ago and then you come to bed and you're like, are we gonna do it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right? And then you're gonna hey, be like, ah. Hey, hey, <laughs> like, there's gotta be an element of seducing each other and wanting, like, being the type of person or put it, like, doing the types of movements or doing something that your partner likes to get them in the mood instead of it, because that's more of a fantasy world than being like, it's like asking for it's it. It's like my bike I ride, my motorcycle. If it's been cold, just been parked all day, and I try to start it, it'll just stall and die. You got to oh, yeah. clutch or to clutch the choke. You got to put the choke on that allows it to warm up. Do the yeah. thing, then you turn off the choke, and then you ride it, and it's a lot of fun, right? Um, <laughs> and I would like to think that's that, an analogy, actually. Right? That's a good analogy. <laughs> but you can you can take now. Also, there are women too. I think that just like won't even let him try to get them in the mood and that's also not good too right so because she can not be in the mood but become in the mood and then still have fun but dudes are in the mood all the time so you gotta <laughs> it's just a thing well, i think there's probably i don't know you can maybe speak to this but there's probably other underlying factors as to why the woman isn't in the mood and 
Oh, there's a lot of underlying tons factors. of underlying factors. Tons of things that tons. on the outside we don't know, right? Until we get in there and have a conversation with them. And yeah, you know, my um, I I haven't worked with a ton of couples yet, but I've worked with a few, and it's really enjoyable working with two people because you get to kind of focus on each of them separately, and then you get to focus on them together in their relationship. And if they're a part of a, a bigger family, right? If they have children, then it adds a whole nother dynamic to it, you know? So um, a lot of the work that I do with, with women um, is really to help them become comfortable with their own bodies first so that they can ask for what they want. Because as we've alluded to, women are just as horny as guys. But over generations, we've been told that that's bad, right? We've been told that your pleasure doesn't really matter um, and your orgasms don't really matter either. Orgasm gap. Mm -hmm. And so um, helping them like feel, give them permission of like, hey, it's okay that you have desires because you can, you're always going to have desires. They're not going to go away, right? You're just going to suppress them basically. Um, so it's okay that you have them. And now that you are good with you having them, let's see how we can get you to them. You know, like how can we actually curate that in real life? Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's kind of, I've talked to Brandon about this a few times and I think a lot of times women just don't feel comfortable with their own bodies. And kind of something that I read in your bio is just that you help women become more comfortable with their nakedness. And I think that that is an amazing thing because I think that's a lot of the issues that women have, especially when you're taught that even like being in your own skin is not a good thing, right? Like having the thoughts that you have are not a good thing. Like women don't do that, right? Like you're constantly told that that's not what a woman is. That's not what like the way that you should be, you know, and then to all of a sudden get married and be like, oh, now you can have sex, but really it's for procreation. And it, like, it puts your mind in not like a pleasurable way for you. Yeah. Well, and it's such a, it's such a uh, mind fuck. Can I cuss on here? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> <says, laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, it's a clusterfuck in your head because it's like, okay, no, this is like secretive and dirty and women, we're good girls. And then once you get married, you're like, no, 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 you're show your body and stuff. It's totally cool now, but like only do it for procreation. If it feels good, then you're still broken. It's like such a weird, like, no wonder we're all messed up when we get to like our thirties and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I had this friend one time that um, this is part of the reason why when I was younger, I just wanted to be able to like have a class to show women how to enjoy their experience in sex is because I had a friend, she, we were all talking like in a group of girls and, and she, we were talking about orgasms and we were each girls talking about like what they liked about it, whatever. And then my one friend was like, I think I've had one. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I like looked at her and I'm like, you think you had one? Like, you either know if you had one or you don't know if you had one, right? And so yeah. I was like, what do you mean by that? And she, so she shared her experience. She's like, yeah, so we were having sex and all of a sudden I had all these like flashing lights go through my head and like- That's because she knocked her head off the headboard. <laughs> Oh, I'm just like I'm all thinking I'm like listening to this story and I'm just like my heart just dropped to think that she'd been married for I think five years at that time yeah. and she'd never ever experienced that and like at that time I was like I, I felt very lucky in my own relationship but it just like made my heart hurt for all those women who do feel like sex is a job instead of it being something that they can enjoy and yeah. that's the kind of thing that I would love for more people to understand is how enjoyable it can be for women if they allow it to. You know? Yeah, an experience, right? And kind of this is related to what we were talking about earlier um, with like tips for couples um, is that um, <laughs> this might this might sound radical, but um, go through like, you know, 
your typical sexual activities that you do, but don't orgasm either one of you. See how in, enjoy yourself, enjoy the pleasure, find all these different pleasurable ways to like be with each other. Um, maybe that's giving really sensual massages. Maybe it's taking a bath, but figure out all these different ways to pleasure each other without orgasming. It's really, you'll, you'll learn a lot <laughs> about each other um, doing some exercise like that. Have you ever done that before? No, but I have a <laughs> philosophy. Of, like, no, that sounds like a I My philosophy is don't act, don't activate the launch sequence unless you plan to launch. So <laughs> there, there will be plenty of nights where that happens anyways. Maybe the dude had too much to drink. Who knows, right? You're, Mine's not right, but I don't ever activate the launch sequence unless I intend to launch. So no, but one of the things that he does do, like that, is kind of fun that we play around with a little bit. Is he'll like almost get me there, and then he like will switch it up so he knows that I'm like just like intense and like everything in my body is like feeling that, you know. So it's kind of along the same lines, but just like yeah. We yeah. can kind of play around and just tease around just to be like, okay, I'm going to do, now I'm going to pleasure you in another way and get you almost there. And then like, it's just kind of this. <laughs> yeah. It's called it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, killing me. Uh, there's a name for that. It's called edging. Edging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's very fun. It can be very, very fun for a lot of people. So. I'm gonna have to try that more often with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, negotiate the launch sequence. Okay? <laughs> He's like, this is not my fantasy. As long as launch takes place at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's my right? <laughs> anxious and. Well, that's really we don't want we don't want we don't want you to be anxious all night. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, hey, wake up, wake up, wake up. I'm not done yet. Yeah, I'll be the one up all night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean that's that's like what I advocate for really is yeah. for pleasure, you know, because I mean orgasm is great. Don't get me wrong, for men and women, it's awesome, and I want everybody to experience that. But another thing that I can run that I run into um, in my, myself personally as well is um, just getting so stuck in our heads. Um, you know, we're such like producing monkeys in this country that we get really stuck into like, okay, I'm going to have orgasm now. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it, it, it's almost there. Here we go. And it's like, you're trying to make it appear and it, that's not how it works. That's just not how it goes. Um, I've been there plenty of time. And so, um, when you, when you think about pleasure, when you're just trying to feel into like sensations in your body, then it kind of takes you away from like trying to perform, right. Or try to like get to a certain place, um, which trips a lot of people up, not everybody, but trips a lot of people up. And so that's why I'm, I'm such a advocate for pleasure. It's like, yeah. well, you know, I went through a little stage in my life. I mean, it's a little bit weird to say on here, but it's okay. We have like four people that listen right now so it's fine um us us three and then one other yeah um but I, but I went through this stage where I was like this was years ago but I kind of went through a stage where I had a somewhat of a hard time performing for a little bit then I realized actually I, I don't know how I came to this I, I came to it on my own as far as I know I don't think I read a book or anything like that but I got to the point where I'm like well if I just have more fun like pleasuring her focusing on that instead of focusing on my own thing, then my own thing will work by default better than it did, did before. And yeah. so no, yeah. this ple 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 pleasure machine, pleasure, pleasure, right? <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, so that, but, but that's the thing though, it was more about, it became more about her pleasure and I enjoyed, she enjoyed it and I did too. And then I sort of, didn't have that issue anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. Wonderful. So, yeah. But this has been so fun, Aubrey. I love that yes. today and just to hear your perspective on a lot of this that we've been talking about. I mean, it's nice to have a third person to be able to say, 
this is okay, you guys. Like, you can enjoy it. And it, we should try to make that happen for each other as a couple. And yeah. yeah. We did an episode a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, we called it Are You Roommates or Love? love, 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 love mm. Right? You know? And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people nowadays have settled into the roommate stage. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be that way. You know, it's a, it's a no, no, you know? no, absolutely. It does not have to be that way at all. And, you know, that's kind of, that's why I chose to go into this field. You know, I mean, there's so much potential and expansiveness that I have personally gotten from just allowing and trying to understand my own sexual self and, you know, step into my authenticity even when it's like really fucking scary right mm -hmm. um, but it's it's helped me grow and expand and um have way too much fun um <laughs> having sex and um i want that for everybody i want everyone to have a great time having safe sex and um exploring themselves and learning about themselves because at the end of the day what I aim to do is to help others get to a place of self-acceptance, you know, cause I feel like when you can accept yourself, you're much more willing to accept other people that are different than you. And I think that just helps the world, you know, really. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that that's like one of the things that is so heartbreaking for me is, or not really heartbreaking, but just is really something I think about a lot is like I have a lot of friends that will I'll have a discussion with them about sex and they're just like oh well I'm not a woman like you that likes sex and I'm like why are you not a woman that likes sex like mm -hmm. I, I would love to just all give them to you so that they can yeah. learn how to just really love it for themselves so they can love it for their relationships and yeah absolutely and and there's nothing wrong with not liking sex. Sorry, I'm always like caveating inclusivity. <laughs> but wait, there's also these people. Um, totally cool if you don't want to have sex though. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yes, I feel like uh, with women, we are sexual beings just like men are. We and um, yeah, we, we deserve to have that that shown to us, you know. So, so yeah, I work with people one on one. So if you got anyone, send them over. I'd love to work with them. Yeah, and you have a, a class or something coming up, right, that you're doing? I do. Yes, I have a free master class coming up. It's September 12th. It's 5.30 p.m. Pacific time um, for right now. Might change that. <laughs> and um, it's called, um, you know, do you, you know, do you want satisfying sex or stop satisfying sex, unsatisfying sex? And um, I'll be going through the three keys of understanding and communicating your sexual desires. Um, so it's it's for women in relationships. Okay. I mean, it's an open Zoom. So I mean, like, guys can come, but <laughs> I'm targeting women in relationships, you know, <laughs> but um, it would probably be helpful for the guys too, you know? <laughs> how do uh, how do people find you? You have social media, Facebook, Instagram? So I do. I'll do the links for it. So I have it, your, I have your Instagram link. And then with this video, when we post it on our podcast and our YouTube, I'll include all of that information so that okay. Get in contact with you and um, just send me a link to your class as well because I think a lot of people will be wanting to join that and yeah. that discussion. So, cool. yeah, absolutely. It'll only be about an hour. So, um, so hopefully, it'll get some some good content out of it. But yeah, I'll send you the Eventbrite link for sure. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Aubrey. You've been amazing. I really appreciate you taking the time with us today and being able to give your thoughts and learned some stuff from you. So I'm excited to be able to share that with other people. Well, sweet. Well, thank you so much. It was nice to meet you both like virtually, you know, Sherry, I kind of like know you, but not really. So <laughs> it's so nice to meet you both and chat with you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. All right. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay. You, you too. too. See ya. We're going to keep going. Yeah. You can close. All right, guys. Well, that was that, huh? That was cool. That was fun. Um, so yeah, we're gonna add her links in so you can find her on social. Um, appreciate you guys being here. 
like, subscribe, reviews, all that good stuff helps us out a lot. So yeah, and keep those personal messages coming in. You know, like we've actually really loved to hear back from you guys, and we've done a little bit more with the religion stuff because of things that people told us. So anything you guys want to hear, let us know. We would love to help out in any way. And if you guys want to go to that master class that she's doing, I highly recommend it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see you there. So see ya. Peace out.